0: Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera.
1: Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Bait Tehillah Community Podcast. I'm here in Studio B, our beautiful Studio B, and I'm not with Pastor Nick Plummer today. I am with a very special guest, Mr. Ken Gobb. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for being here. So uh, I don't know how many of you guys out in our audience in the interwebs know you, right? I mean, everyone's looking for... Uh, the next best thing in Torah or Hebrew roots and things like that. and so i'm I'm super thankful to be sitting at the table with you because you're a breath of fresh air. <laughs> you know uh, some of this uh, old dusty stuff gets you know old and moldy and smelly, and so we're we're ready for for something new. so but uh, something that's not new is learning about who you are. So I want to introduce you to to the folks. Um, tell us. How you got saved, tell us your testimony, where you come from, all that kind of stuff.
0: Well, <clears throat> I have a long story in my life. My um, my relatives came from Jerusalem. Oh, wow. My, uh, my grandparents. And uh, my mom and dad were in Colorado. My dad was a nightclub entertainer. And my mother was a dancer, and that's how they met. <laughs> Go figure. <clears throat> and they, uh, my uncle got saved. And my dad didn't want nothing to do with it, so he left California and went to Washington State. Oh. And the only place they could live was right uh, across the street from a church having revival till midnight. People screaming and hollering and all that stuff. Yeah. And so my mom told Dad, If you don't go over there and stop them, you know, we're gonna do something. Uh-huh. And so Dad went over, sat in the front seat, he just went right in. And uh, they gave an altar call. He got saved, <laughs> and then my, mom was going to divorce him. I was just five years old then. Yeah, yeah. And so she said, "I'll show you how to stop this thing." Yeah. And she went over there, and she got saved and filled with the Spirit. What and are the? I mean, what a story! Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, they started their family there, and then dad went into ministry. Oh wow! And I never planned to be in ministry ever. Mm. Uh, da- dad was tough. Mom was nice. Yeah. Mom would say, you know, uh, y- you're going to touch millions of lives, and I said, I'm not going into ministry, huh? Because they're broke. <laughs> i uh, no. I want to make money. <laughs> make money. Yeah. And from the time, believe it or not, from the time I was seven years old till I was seventeen, ten years of my life, I planned to go to Hollywood and be a comedian. I could see that. So. That was my goal. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, my dad said, if you don't get saved, God's going to kill you. And it it used to scare me when he talked like that. Yeah. And so he, um, uh, one day lightning hit my watch when I was on the tractor and knocked me down, but didn't hurt me. I was getting off and it knocked me over. And Sure. And I went to the house. I said, Dad, lightning hit me. <laughs> and he said, I told you God's going to kill you probably by Saturday. Ah. Said, you need to go to Bible school. Well, I wasn't even a Christian. Yeah. So why, why would I want to go to Bible school? But Dad was on the board. We lived in Iowa. And Dad was on the board of this school in Seattle. It was a mega church then. Okay. In 1953, that church run had... I think they had three thousand seats. Oh wow! And yeah. it was a big church. And so he, we drove out there to go to Bible school. I didn't want to go to Bible school, but my dad, I was afraid God would kill me. His <laughs> dad just said, he said, and he told me a lot of times that I, I made you, and I can get rid of you and make another one just like you. Yeah. Well, I never know what he meant, but anyway, I went to had to go to church that night when we went out there. And a big church, hundreds and hundreds of people. And so uh, I saw this choir singing. There was a blonde in the choir, and I told my mother, I said, see that blonde? I'm going to marry her. Oh, wow. And my wife said, she don't even know you. I said, she will. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, right. I make a long story short, I tried to date her, and she wouldn't date me. Mm. She said, I don't date non-Christian boys.
1: Well, that's our quick way to become a Christian, huh? Yeah.
0: I said, well, I'm a Christian then, but I wasn't. (laughs) Anyway, she got me saved and we started a ministry, got married. And and then I started to date her uh, right then. Sure. And her dad was a cop and he'd pat his gun, you know, and say, you touch my daughter, you're dead. Yeah. And he'd say crazy stuff, you know, if your folks won't sue me because I'll kill him too. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I worried about that. But anyway, I finally uh, married uh, her. Wow. And we got married at 18 years old. And um, it was really something. And her parents were not Christians. They were atheists. Okay. And, but uh, she was already a Christian. Yeah, she gave her heart to the Lord in a Presbyterian church in a Bible, what do you call it? Vacation Bible school. Oh, cool. When she was 12 years old.
1: I'll tell you what, man, there's something about vacation Bible school. You know, that's uh, I mean, yeah. just worldwide. Yeah, you know? she gave her heart to the Lord then. That's And awesome.
0: they, they said, you cannot bring it in the house. Yeah. You have to keep it out of the house. Interesting. And it was quite a, quite a thing. It just, you can't believe what happened. And so, then our first little boy came along after we got married, you know, a year and a half later. And, and um, then when we went back to visit them, they weren't Christians. Uh, we'd go to the table and eat, and and my son would say, "Grandpa, you got to pray first. You're going to die and choke and go to hell. <laughs> and you got to quit smoking. You're going to burn in hell if you don't quit smoking." But he was the first grandchild, so he could get by with anything. Yeah, yeah, of course. It was really something. <laughs> and then we had our tenth anniversary, and they weren't a Christian yet. Oh, wow. And we had a lot of problems. They burned our Bibles in the fireplace and all kinds of stuff. But anyway, that's beside the point. So they, my parents and her parents came to my anniversary, 10th anniversary, okay, in that big church. Oh. So the preacher called them up there, called my mom and dad up to talk to them and uh, made over them. They were pastors in Iowa and all that stuff and then called her parents up. And I thought, oh man, this is not good. And when they came up there, this pastor that married us later, this pastor, I mean, married us way back. Right. That uh, he just reached his hand towards them and said, in Jesus' name. And they fell under the power of God on the floor. (laughs) And her dad was madder than a hornet. He jumped straight up. And the pastor never touched him. He just said, in Jesus' name, and the guy went down again. Oh, wow. And tried that three times. And her mother said, we found this out later, her mother said to him, if I was you, I'd just lay there. Yeah. Because he didn't know what happened. Wow. Well, they we had to talk to him later, and they wondered how he did that and everything and what magic he used, uh, whatever. yeah. yeah. And we had to explain that that was something that God did, and we didn't have nothing to do with it. Yeah. I mean, even if they don't become Christians, that takes you from at least an atheist to an agnostic.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how you did that, but it was, you know.
0: And then they they didn't believe any of our stories, and we had all kinds of miracles happen. Yeah. I had a truck that I had a little tent in, and I went down a hill one time, and the brakes went out. And I'm going 60, 70, 80,. Oh, wow. And I couldn't turn where I was supposed to turn. So yeah. I just kept going until I could coast to a stop. And I finally got down the hill, but then here was the bridge. Ooh. And my truck was truck was 10 foot six high, and the bridge was nine foot six. Oh, and man. so I went right through it. And never hit. Well, when I, I would turn around. I had to go back to that road where I was supposed to turn anyway. Sure. Well, I went back, and I drove right up to the bridge and got out, and it wouldn't fit under the bridge. Now, either God raised the bridge or lowered the truck. I don't know. One or the other. Well, something happened. Yeah. Well, I had to find another route and go around. Well, or I, he just
1: made it so you could go right through it, you know.
0: Yeah. Just Did. Jesus passed through walls, you know. I know. It was crazy. <laughs> Well, her parents didn't believe stories like that. Yeah. And I said, well, it happened. And we told them things that happened to us like that in miracles. Yeah. And uh, they just had a hard time believing anything. But finally, they gave their hearts to the Lord. Wow. That was really a day. And then I hired them to work for me. And they worked for me in my office for for the ministry. Yeah, three, three, four years, and then they passed away. Oh my goodness! That was how we kind of got started with all that.
1: Man, that's incredible. So, so I mean, even the labor of ten years, right? And then finally they came. So, what what was the trigger that brought them to the Lord? They just one day they just said, "Okay, fine."
0: They, They just got saved. Yeah, just up and got saved. Huh. It's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy.
1: Wow. Okay. So you started your own ministry at some point, it sounds like. Yeah. So you went to
0: school, and then
1: something else happened.
0: Yeah, I went to uh, Hazard, Kentucky. Okay. I lived in the mountains there. I pioneered a church. Sounds dangerous. Yeah, it was. uh, People killed there. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. We were in court one time, and and guy, the judge was saying order in the court, and the guy stood up with a gun, shot that thing right out of the judge's hand oh my goodness the gavel yeah thing and people were getting down behind the seats and we had saw killings we saw a lot of stuff oh my goodness it was a wild thing it was perry county bloody county and uh, saw a lot of stuff there that uh, hard to believe but we had a church we i had a church i i got a guy converted on the street i didn't know how to start a church nobody right. told me how so i went out witnessing i've always been into that and I witnessed this guy in the street, and I led him to the Lord. And I said, you want to belong to my church? And he said, yeah, where is it? I said, you're looking at it. I'm, I'm it, me and my wife. It's you and you. Yeah. We started church, and we got people saved. And then we had about maybe 150 people, and the mayor was dying of cancer. Aww. So I put an ad in the paper. That I'm going to pray on. That came out on Friday. A half page ad didn't cost much in those days, uh, as 1954 or something 55. Wow. And we put an ad in the paper that I'm praying for the mayor on Monday at three o'clock, and he would be healed of cancer. At three o'clock. Wow. I said, if he's not healed, I'm a false prophet, and I will leave town. That's, some bold, that's a bold move. Well, it was crazy. My dad said, you're scaring God. <laughs> I God, don't get scared. Hey, but greater works than these. <laughs> it was just crazy. You know, Jesus said some things. I was reading today in Matthew 11 where Jesus said, nobody is greater than John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. He was the greatest of all. Yeah. No person alive. Yeah, no prophet, right? Nobody yeah. greater than John the Baptist. But the least in the heaven, the least one, is greater than John the Baptist. Jesus had a way of yeah, saying, yeah. Make, humbling things like that. Yeah. But we put that ad in, and, and I was a talk of the town. They said, You think he'll leave town? Or people wanted to know what was going to happen, you know? Well, I went Monday to pray for him. And they let me in the house, and the uh, wife knew what I was there for. I said, It's almost three o'clock, and I'm ready to pray. Right. And I prayed at three o'clock, and he got up and was healed in a second. Incredible. It was it was crazy, got out of bed, and he could walk and it was wobbly, but he was able to walk and he was in church on Sunday, and we I had bet. we had a crowd <laughs> we had a crowd wow. people showed up, said he don't have to leave town wow and i I was crazy to do stuff like that, but I always wanted to win people to touch people, and I, it's always been. Well, from way back, far as I remember, I always witnessed to people and personally talk to them. And I still do it. I turn everything into soul winning. You know, like yeah. I'm on the plane and they picked up my tray and served me a meal. And she said, are you finished? I said, no, I'm Jewish. <laughs> and so I, I, I've always turned things around and and I love to win people like that. Yeah. But I love miracles. Mm-hmm. And we've had a lot of really great miracles happen. God is so good and so big and bigger than any problem we ever had. So I thank God for it. Yeah, amen. And so we... so how
1: many I mean so that ministry started I mean 1954. Yeah. I mean how many years ago is that? It's 2022. That's yeah. that's a that's a little bit. Yeah,
0: we've been I've been 67 years in ministry, almost seven decades. And my wife and I were married for uh 67 years. Wow. She just passed away recently, or a year ago. And so um, God was good to us. Yeah. And we started that. And we were not tent meetings for a while. We had a tent that seated 150 people. Then I had a tent seated 500. Then I bought one that seated 1,100. And I bought one that seated 5,000. And then I bought a tent that seated 10,000. Wow. I had semi-trucks, 8,000 chairs. I had everything. So how True. would you set
1: something like that up? I mean, we're talking—listen, I, I, I'm, I'm 35, right? So uh, you've been in ministry longer than I've been alive. Yeah. <laughs> so when I'm thinking about, like, not having the Internet, you know, uh, not having a way to broadcast that information, maybe over television. I don't know if you guys were able to take out TV ads or what you were able to do. But how do you have—I mean, you just go to
0: a city and you set up a we, tent. We'd find a, we'd find a lot. And uh, one time we went to a city where the Ringling Brothers was. Okay. So I went over and met Bill Steele, the Ringling Brothers uh, tent manager. Yeah, they're based out of here. I got uh, him saved, (laughs) and I hired him. Oh, wow. And took him away from Ringling Brothers. (laughs) Bill Steele. How funny. Yeah, he was our tent manager for years, and we had thousands of people. But the way we got people to come, to start with, we always had the, the governor... Of the state opening, the opening night. And then I had the mayor of the city there, and the chief of police, and the fire chief. And we had all kinds of officials on the first night. God, And that was a crowd that stayed with me for two, three weeks.
1: Got it. So you would go for weeks at a time? Two, three weeks sometimes. Wow, okay. That makes sense. Because... Because then you can have you can really do something while you're there.
0: I mean, yeah, we pray just... for people. We we bought an ambulance finally, and we, we hired uh, a guy to drive it and and we um, advertised one way ambulance service from the hospital. Uh. It was crazy. We did crazy stuff, <laughs> <laughs> and we pick up people. One time we oh, we gotta tell you one time we this uh, Bill Steele my tent manager was yeah. helping me. We took this guy from the hospital. Oh, he was dying. And we took him to the uh, tent. We had a prayer tent. We copied Oral Roberts. with a prayer tent. We had a prayer section for miracles and everything. Sure. And uh, we were carrying him in, and Bill Steele caught his foot on a tent rope and dropped the, the stretcher, and the guy hit his head on a tent stake. And blood was coming off his head. And I said, we're in big trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're in big trouble. A we need to marry." So we prayed for him. And God healed him right there. Wow. And so his wife had called the sheriff. And he come out to arrest me. Because she wanted me arrested oh, for yeah. taking him out of the hospital. And he said, hi, I'm OK now. And it freaked everybody out, of, yeah, course, of course. and freaked her out. And everything worked out. But we had a lot of miracle one way ambulance service. Nobody ever did that yeah. that I know of. I don't know of anybody either. <laughs> but we had we had fun witnessing and we always won people. Everything I turned everything around into into winning somebody. Sure. And the soul winning. That's been my goal. Yeah. Always to do that. And we had miracles because of it. Yeah. I mean only the power
1: of God can do those things. That's you know? right. That's Um, You know, people are attracted to signs and wonders and miracles. And I think that those things still happen today and that when those things are really happening, people do show up. Right. I don't think you need the Internet necessarily um, to do that, that people get the word out pretty quick. Even if you do have the Internet, people get the word out about, you know, genuine things. Really happening, especially when it's, say, you know, somebody you know that you know has been sick. Well, Well, if somebody's in a
0: wheelchair in your town and everybody in town knows it, and they have Alzheimer's disease or something, right, and they get healed, it's going to spread, right? See, I believe this now, not everybody agrees with me, but it's okay, sure. But I believe that revival is coming, yeah. Now, some people. I won't mention names, but some people are saying that uh, God's done with us, that Uh, it's over. Really? Pastors of large churches, some places are saying God's turned his back on us, we're done, we're finished, God isn't going to help us. What a message. Uh, I don't believe that. Yeah. I believe revival's coming, and I believe what is going to cause revival will be miracles. Yeah, I agree with that. And I believe that if somebody in your town here... Was in a wheelchair, and everybody knew it, and he got healed. They say, what happened out at that church? Yeah, You know. Especially when people see the fruit. I mean, they see it. They're like, hey, that guy was in a wheelchair. I've known him for 15 years, and now he's walking. He's walking. But yeah. see, I believe that the average church person, and I'm not talking about leaders and sure. stuff, the average church person comes to church, loves God, serves God, will be downtown, maybe buying... Pair of shoes, see somebody in a wheelchair and say, in Jesus' name, and get them out of that wheelchair. That'll spread in the town. Oh, yeah. And that'll fill this building. For sure. I believe that's going
1: to pack churches. You know, especially as things get darker, um, you know, everybody focuses on, like I mean, right now, you know, Russia has invaded Ukraine. Um, There's, uh, you know, things happening uh, to Christians and persecution in China, in Africa, in uh, Muslim countries, you know, throughout the Middle East. And if you really focus on those things, you can really get bogged down and and focus on the negative, you know. But uh, I don't think that's where God wants us to sit. I think that Mm you're— Uh, on to something, I would say. And I think 65 years of ministry is, is part and parcel to. God
0: has been good. Yeah, yeah to to uh, proof. I had my yearly physical, and the doctor said, you're disgustingly healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I, t- I turned 86 years old in December. Wow. So somebody said, when, when's your birthday? I said, December. I said, what year? I said, every year. Every year. <laughs> but every year. <laughs> People say some crazy stuff. But anyway, God's been good to us. I, and then 15 years ago, I started. I wrote a book. Okay. Well, what happened? i can tell you this quickly. Yeah. We went to, uh, I was in Iowa, or in Ohio, going through Dayton, Ohio, and I had two buses then. We had a band on the road, 14 people, and we had two buses and semi-truck and 20 tons of equipment. So you had like a, a worship band before it was cool. Well, yeah, we played drums before they were legal ah, in the yeah, church. Yeah. I
1: understand, and guitars probably, right? One lady <laughs> said the devil's in them yeah. drums. <laughs> I said that's
0: what my drummer thinks. He's beating the devil out of him. <laughs> <laughs> I never let him get me down. I tell you. But um, we had this band on the road, and um, we we're driving through uh, Ohio there. And so they, we, the boys, my boys, were driving the buses, and they pulled off to get something to eat, and I stayed in the bus, and I, I wasn't, I wasn't really hungry, and I turned on my TV. These are motorhome bands, I mean buses, sure, and put together in Nashville, and so we. Um, pull off the road and we had a lot of fun because you know on the front where it says Seattle or Dallas our bus said heaven Uh. (laughs) we meet truckers going the other way we tell them you're headed the wrong way man Uh, uh, (laughs) we're headed to heaven but anyway we pulled off and and, uh, I stayed in the bus turned on the TV and Dr. Robert Schuller came on and he said let me tell you what your problem is Uh. and I thought what does he know yeah And and he said, You've got to learn to walk away from your yesterdays. God's got a miracle for you. Oh, there you go. I turned him off. Huh. I didn't need to hear that. (laughs) I I just I don't know what I did why I did that. Yeah. And then I walked down the street to get a a Pepsi or Coke or something and a little drive in. And when I came back I walked by this gas station. They had several phone booths, the kind with the doors a chicken wire, you know, the red phone booth do. doors yeah. you walk inside yeah. them. I'm just
1: old enough to remember
0: that. Yeah. <laughs> they there's, there's antiques now. Yeah, pay phones. You know? Yeah, pay phones. Yeah. And the phone was just ringing and ringing. Hmm. So I went up and answered it because I thought maybe it was an emergency call for the gas station. Hmm. So I said, hello. And the operator said, person-to-person call for Ken Gobb. And I said, this is a random
1: Telephone booth.
0: Yeah. phone. Yeah, I just walked by it. Huh. And I said, I sat my Pepsi down. I said, I, I'm not bothering anybody. I'm just walking by the phone booth. Yeah. It was ringing. She said, well, is he there? And I said, yeah, I'm I'm him. Yeah. And she said, are you sure? I said, as Far far as I know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then I thought, oh, I'm on candid camera. Yeah. That's yeah, where's where I, the people? Yeah yeah, 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 I started looking Some around. I started looking around, <laughs> fixing my <laughs> collar, be sure everything's okay. Yeah. And... Uh, I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. And I heard somebody say, I believe that's him. I believe that's him. Mm-hmm. And this lady, in a moment, I'm talking to this lady from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and she was going to commit suicide. Oh, and man. she said, God gave me this number. And I said, Well, I want you, how'd you know where I was? She said, where are you? I said, well, lady, you made the call. <laughs> she said, well, I'm in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And I said, I'm in Dayton, Ohio. Wow. She said, what are you doing there? I said, I'm answering the phone. Phone's uh. ringing. <laughs> and she'd seen me on the 700 Club. Oh, cool, yeah. And so she knew my name. So she said, I made up a phone number. Well, you can't make up a phone number. And so I couldn't believe it. But I led her to the Lord. And when I hung up the phone, I didn't even believe it myself, Harley. Yeah. And I walked back to the bus, and as I did, my wife came out of the restaurant, and I hollered across the parking lot. I said, honey, God knows where we are. Huh. Yeah. And she said, are you okay? (laughs) And I said, uh, yeah, I think so. But I said, you ain't going to believe what happened. We can't tell nobody. Uh, Nobody will ever believe this. Right. Because I don't even believe it myself. (laughs) And it just happened to me. Yeah. Well, anyway uh i was at a conference and a pastor got up and called me up to the stage said tell this story what happened and i thought they'll never invite me to their churches because i'm done i'm finished and i went up and i was crying and everything and and i i told what happened and that was the story that started in my book god's got your number yeah First um, first book I wrote. And we sent the manuscript to um, Dr. Robert Schuler and he wanted to read the whole thing because uh, if he died, then his kids could sue me or something if I had his name in there. Copyrights gotcha. and all kinds sure. of stuff. So the book company sent the manuscript to him, and he said that is one story, a one incident in a billion that that could ever even happen right and he wanted to do the forward on my book so he wrote a forward on my book Dr. Robert Schuler still yeah. on there to this day even though the book's don't. the story's everywhere it's in it's in 30 some different books oh, wow. have you heard of um chicken soup for the Christian soul yeah sure okay have. it's in that book wow. it's called chapter called God calling Oh, cool! It's in that book, and it, another guy just wrote a book in uh, Washington D.C. Pastor of a large church put it in that book. It's all over, and we—it's uh, public domain now. They don't need um, permission to use the story. Sure, they can use it without permission. It's yeah. like like an old song or something. I yeah. don't know how they do that. Book. I could almost hear like a
1: like a. Um America's Most Wanted styled like TV program with like a narrator and like and then what happened next you know like like, the phone rang you know and just acting it out you know in the background or whatever Uh, it's an incredible story you know God really does have your number though
0: yeah I went to California and was on a show that they wanted to know how that happened yeah we told it in detail I've told it all over the world
1: have you ever connected with that woman again
0: oh yeah. yeah but we lost track of her I don't know where she is now yeah But anyway, God is good. Yeah, he is. Well, you know, I tell, um, I was
1: talking with someone the other day, and uh, I think some people who aren't as, uh, I don't know, boisterous as you and I are, uh, they feel invisible sometimes. Like, does God even know that they're there? Does he notice? You know, and I almost feel like, you know, some people have enough attention for themselves, and I think God knows them and notices them even more, you know? See, when
0: I lead somebody to Christ, even to this day, On the road, I'll say, like, if I led you to Christ and you were needing the Lord, I would say, You're number 122. Huh. You'd say, Well, what does that mean? I say, You're the 122nd person I led to Christ this year. Oh, wow. I number them every year and then start over. Huh. And you're number 122. And I'm going to send you my book, God's Got Your Number. And I'm going to put your number in the book, 122. And then I'm going to give a little scripture to you. And so you give me your address. Yeah. I send you the book. Then I say, I've got a friend that's going to call you and connect with you, mm-hmm. a pastor of a church, and we get them involved in the church. See,
1: that's the way it's supposed to be done because, you know, too many times people will,
0: you know, lead people to the Lord and then people send them
1: back out to <clears> the you know, to the wolves.
0: People call my office and they say, I need to talk to Ken Gobb right yeah. away. and And my office will say, well... Uh, he's on the road right now, but give us your number and we'll give it to him. No, I need to talk to him right now. I'm number 122, and my wife's 123. Oh, wow. And it's somebody I led to Christ. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what year that was, but it's always something.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because, I mean, at this point, I'm sure it's thousands of people. Amen. What what an awesome. I teach
0: people to do that. Yeah. I teach uh, timing a lot timing is important I agree with that when people lead somebody to Christ um like when I go on a plane like when I flew from um, Denver to Atlanta oh I gotta tell you I was on this plane and uh, I sat beside this guy and to give you something up front so you know what happened he was a Christian. I didn't know it. Ah, okay. And his job, he thought, was to lead me to Christ. <laughs> I'm a Christian. My job was to lead him to yeah, Christ. Yeah, for sure. Like a standoff, you know. Yeah. And so we're sitting there, and he said, what do you do? I said, I travel. <clears throat> <laughs> Where do you travel? I said, all over the world. Some great churches invite me. People of all kinds, big, little, everything. I go everywhere. Yeah. All kinds of churches. And... Uh, but I didn't tell him that. I just said, I travel. Yeah. Well, where do you travel? I said, all over the world. What do you do? I speak. Huh, there you he go. said, what do you speak on? Uh, a lot of subjects. <laughs> and uh, who invites you? People. Yeah, yeah. Who listens to you? People. Yeah. You know, and uh, so I never tell them anything. I have a four-hour flight. The first two hours, I never tell them anything. They can't find out a thing about me. But I've learned everything about them. Yeah. And then I uh, then I have fun with them and I tell them jokes and open the door, you know, and and just have a lot of fun. And then after two hours, because if I say right up front I'm a preacher Right. If they don't like preachers like, oh, the, me... the door's closed. <laughs> right, right. And I can't get it open. That makes sense. So I, I have fun with them first and then by the time I talk to them. They're ready. Yeah. And I many times lead them to Christ. Well, this man, same thing. I was going to lead him. He's going to lead me. Uh, and he wouldn't tell me nothing. I wouldn't tell him <laughs> nothing. And we talked back and forth. And I thought, man, this is crazy. And we sat there a few minutes. And finally, he said, oh, no, not really, God. And I thought, he's talking to God. Yeah. I thought, what is he doing? And he said, uh, OK, I'll, I, I didn't expect this. And he reached down in his briefcase and pulled out a roll of bills with a rubber band around it and threw it in my lap. And I said, oh, I don't want no money. I didn't ask you for money. And I threw it back. No. And he started preaching to me. He said, when God tells you to do something, you better do it. That's right. He said, and God told me to give you all my cash. Oh, no, not that too. And he got out his billfold. He had a $10 bill in the back of that. (laughs) He said, here's the rest of my cash. I said, no, I I don't want your money. And he said, no, you have to take it. He said, I don't know what your need is, but this is for you personally. Wow. And I had a a major need right then. How funny. And um, so I took it, and he said, you know, 10 years ago, I needed the Lord, but I didn't want the Lord. I lived a terrible life. And a guy got me to go to church in Tucson, Arizona where Harold Warner is a pastor. I'm a fellow off the seat. I go to Harold Warner's church every year. How funny. And I thought, what's he talking about? And he said, I went there, and uh, me and my buddy said, we, we were there and listening, and said this guy was funny and carrying on. All of a sudden, a bunch of us went forward and gave our heart to Jesus. Said the guy was Ken Gobb from Yakima, Washington. <laughs> and I said, what? I'm Ken Gobb. He said, No. <laughs> and I took my mask down, you know, that yeah. thing made in China. <laughs> I took my mask down. He said, oh, you are Ken Gob." He said, I watch your videos. Oh, I watch your website. It. Yeah. Because we got a I video. I was to say, he must have
1: gone to this, the Ken Gobb School of Evangelism based on your was conversation. It was crazy.
0: It was crazy how that all happened. That's the story in, in my new book coming yeah. out. Okay. God has put things together, you know. That's how... You know, he's a
1: show off. That's uh, that's how he does stuff like that, because I think sometimes God likes to likes to show off. He likes to razzle dazzle a little bit. So he does things like that just to show you that he still has it. You know what I mean? He can do it. (laughs) That's right. Just because he can. You know, so you said you're from Jerusalem or your parents are from Jerusalem. Grandparents. Your grandparents are from your grandparents came over and immigrated to the United States from Israel. Uh,
0: Later. Yeah. Got
1: it. Okay. So, well My
0: parents were born in in Colorado and then moved to North Dakota. Got it. Okay. And then to Washington.
1: But your grandparents were Jewish on your mom's side or your dad's side? Both sides. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So, so Jewish and Jewish on both sides. Yeah. So, one of the things obviously here Christians with Torah Beit Hillel, um, especially within the Hebrew roots, there's a lot of interesting doctrines and things that people think about the Jewish people, about Israel about who is Israel, about who the Jewish people are, who the Jewish people are not, um, all kinds of different things. And we've kind of taken the stance of our job, as we see it, uh, as as far as our ministry to the outside, is to see and preach the restoration and the regathering of the whole house of Israel, to see everybody come to the Lord and come together Mm -hmm. um, with one head, right? Jesus Christ. And so... I guess my question to you is from your perspective, going around, doing all the traveling you've done, 65 years of ministries, being, you know, of Jewish descent, Jewish yourself. um, Where do you see Christians and Jews working together? How do you think the church can best support Israel and the Jewish people and, and things like that?
0: Well, first of all, we pray for Israel, Jerusalem every day. Amen. Never miss a day. And uh, I think that we need to back Israel, pray for them. Uh, God's doing things. In it. You know there's Arabs getting saved. You know about yeah, that. Yeah, I did know that. Yeah. And you know that Jesus is appearing to some of them. I did hear that. You know about that. It's the craziest thing you ever saw in your life, where Jesus actually has come into the bedrooms of Arabs right. that are in Islam and and said i'm coming soon
1: yeah well think about it when you know the governments in those countries are running all of the christians out through persecution literally killing people and things like that i mean jesus still loves those people you know so i mean he's got to get to them somehow and if they've already run all of his ambassadors out i guess he just has to go hey if you want something done right you know go and do it yourself
0: but um you were saying so so pray for israel Right? I mean I, I do that I think everybody should do I think every church should
1: I think that's very biblical right
0: I, I like to go you know I, I have churches maybe that don't do this and think I shouldn't say this but I love to go to a church and see the Israeli flag up too with the American flag yeah I love to see that yeah they're praying for Israel yeah and uh, I just love what God's doing through the ministry here yeah I, I think. I think that sometimes we don't realize how we can bless, how we can do something. I take tours to Israel. I've taken thirty-six thousand people to Israel from nine countries Wait, in fifty-one years. You said thirty-six 000? thousand people. Well, I, I'm sorry, but that's so, a lot of people. That's fifty-one years, though. Yeah, I've I been mean. doing it. When I first went to Israel in '65, Israel was barely. A country, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nineteen forty-eight. Yeah. There was a
1: portion that was only nine miles wide back then. So, how many times have you been to Israel? Uh,
0: about a hundred and fifty some. And you haven't lost count. One fifty-six. I think. <laughs> one hundred and fifty-six times. That's a lot of times. Yeah, but um, we've taken we've taken uh, one hundred uh, right at. 36,000 people from nine countries. Wow, that's incredible. In 51 years and we've got a lot of awards from the government, a lot of awards. I bet. I've got my office full of
1: awards. I mean, the Israeli government is, is really big on the ambassadorship of,
0: of yes. people that just love Israel and want to tell other people about Israel and bring people to Israel. I mean, they. Well, we have a banquet. We're the ones that started the banquet. We started a lot of things in Israel. We were the first one to have a sign on the front of the bus, and then everybody started doing that. Okay. And we were the first one to did a lot of stuff. And uh, I don't know why we're first in a lot of things. Like in my band— we were the first to have two buses, two Continental Trailways, okay. like Silver Eagle buses, forty-foot buses. Yeah, we were the first one to have a five-man road crew. We were the first one to have a semi-truck. We were the first one to have um, uh, well, we had twenty tons of equipment. Wow, we had huge stuff for open air and stuff, and we were the first one to use pyro. Nobody, huh. nobody ever huh. did that in gospel. I'm talking of gospel. Yeah. We were rock and roll. That was, that was pretty little, cutting edge. Yeah. My dad and mom did not like it. <laughs> my, my dad, I said, dad, we had 200 kids saved today. Yeah. He said they should have got saved some other way. See, that's the old style School mentality. Yeah, But he loved God. And, yeah, of course. You know. But uh, we were the first to have all that kind of stuff. We used pyro, all this uh, explosives. Yeah. And we drew crowds. Of course. And crowds yeah. of kids got saved. We meet people all over the world today that are missionaries or they got saved through our band and our life. Wow. It was really How God put things together. Yeah,
1: there's two different ways to do that. I mean, I think those things that bring attention are good when they're used to present the gospel. I think now we've lost our way a little bit that we use it more for entertainment than to to get the attention. And then once we have the attention, to then capitalize on that opportunity. Um, And not to say that's everybody, but I know that that's (coughs) pervasive within the church today. Um, So then... You obviously you believe that people should be praying for Israel and supporting Israel. Right. Um, why take people to Israel? I mean, obviously we live as people from the nations and we're here and we have. Well, with the Lord. Jesus
0: being born there to walk where Jesus walked, there's nothing like it. Yeah, I agree with that. And I've seen thousands of people do change their life. Yeah, change their life. Well, it becomes real, right? It's, it's like to me, it's a ministry. Yeah, uh, it's not just about a tour. Sure. I take people, you know, I, t- I take all kinds of people yeah. to, on the tours. I got a tour leaving next week. Really? Again, yeah. So I take all kinds of, another tour in November, and then we're, we're booked for three years in advance. And we got people all the time just to know about our trips, and we do a deluxe trip. We don't have any gimmicks. Sure. We pay for everything. Yeah, once they see the price, yeah. there's no change. And we list the hotels in our brochure so people can see where they're going. Yeah. Go online and check it out. Yeah, good hotels and, you know. Yeah, the best. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, And we make them ambassadors when we have our banquet (laughs) where everybody gets a certificate and they become an ambassador for Israel. Yeah. Amen. That's Honestly, that's what we
1: want. Yeah. We want people to go there and receive from the Lord uh, a perspective that they didn't have before and be changed so that when they come back, they'll tell other people. Um, You know, I heard from a good source that when Jesus comes back, that he's coming back to there, you know. Um, I think there's a television network, it might be Daystar, I can't remember which one it is, that has a camera (coughs) right there on the Mount of Olives, right, that it it points out towards the Mount of Olives 24-7, and you can go online and you can check the feed, because you know sometimes Jesus is going to put his feet you know in that place you know and those are the kind of people I like man cuz I'm like you know people that are expecting the Lord's return they're they're pro Israel they're they're set, got a camera set up in the land to, to catch it all you know whenever it comes time many
0: and, of the rabbis say that they hear today the footsteps of the coming of Jesus that's right the Messiah yeah yeah they hear his footsteps that ought to get us excited. Yeah, amen. Because they believe he's coming. Yeah. Now, uh, Moshe Tarnowski is a rabbi. Okay. Been to my home many, many times. We eat kosher while he's there and everything. But And he likes everything he sees in my home because this is a Jewish home, he says. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, <clears throat> we have a lot of good times with him, pray with him. And I've been to his schools over there where he had kids in school and uh, talked to them and talked to his friends. It's just, he's a great man. Yeah. And he's a leading rabbi. Sure.
1: Sure. And and I think that, um, you know, there's been a lot of things in the past under the guise or the umbrella of Christianity in the name of Jesus that have been done uh, that negatively to say the least, affected the Jewish people, um, and again in the name of Christianity. And so, uh, when we come to them, you know, I think building a relationship with them in a way where we're not there with the expectation that they're going to just jump over to our ideology all of a sudden because we handed them a track, right? I think it's a different. It's because that's happening day in and day out. You know, the mm. same tactics, so to speak. They don't. They don't. They don't work and shouldn't work. Um, and that really, it's flipped, right? They should be telling us about Messiah, right? They should be telling us about Jesus. They should be teaching us. And so people are coming there um, to teach them. And so it's, it's just, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm interested to, you know, when you go and you just serve somebody and you build a relationship with them and they can see that, you know, Christians aren't evil, I think that goes a long way, you know? And, and it's a generational play, you know what I mean? Instead of... Uh, uh, a temporary, you know, hey, let me put a, a notch or whatever, but you know, ostracize the rest of their family and everybody else. So I, I don't know, I'd be interested in your perspective on on how that works and what you think about that, because evangelism here in the nations is, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's different. You know, I mean, we can talk to people and they're either going to come over onto our side or not, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, God loves the Jewish people, and our, our thing, I feel like we should handle with care, you know what I mean? There's a, a care that we should have um for them and and in a, a, a service that we could bring to them and a love that we can bring to them I don't know I mean I'm, I'm interested. I don't know if you're tracking with what I'm saying or not
0: Yeah I understand yeah. what you're saying it's we have a job to do yeah see it's <clears throat> I'm so excited I've never been more excited I am now I'm just crazy yeah <laughs> I'm still riding motorcycles and horses <laughs> but and dirt bikes, but anyway, God is a big God. Yeah. And God has spoke to us to do, you know, we have to do what God's called us to do. Sure. I hear people, they criticize Billy Graham or something. Uh, they said, his message is so simple. Well, the message is simple. The gospel is simple. John three sixteen. Yeah. God so loved the world that he gave. What's wrong with that? You yeah, know, yeah. And Billy Graham never spoke nothing deep. Right. But it was very simple. And that's what won thousands of people. Right. Being up front, I'm. I'm very up front. I when I do. See, I do non-Christian events. Sure. But I. I know how to speak to those people. Right. And I. I'm very up front with them. I've spoke to a large crowd of forty-nine thousand people at a conference, and who knows how many religions were in there. Yeah, no doubt. And I said, some of you have religion but you're going to hell mm. but I said you can turn it around so I said what I'm gonna do today while every head is raised and every eye is open I want you to come forward and I'm gonna pray sinners prayer with you I do that at a non-christian event Wow and I said I want you to get out of your seat and come forward and I'm pray prayer with you down here if you haven't got enough guts to do that at this business convention then I said, sit down in your seat and go to hell. Yeah. That's it. You die, you're not going to Chicago. Yeah. It's yeah, heaven yeah. or hell. That's right. And the, the Zers and the millennials, they love stuff like that. Sure. Because that's up front. Right. You ain't going to a place
1: else. It's funny that you say that's my generation, and, and they don't like hypocrisy. Right? No. And they don't want you to beat around the bush. No. They want you to tell them, what do you actually believe? What do you actually think? Cause so many times people veil what they think or feel or believe in some other way and then you can't get a straight answer out of them and they we don't like that. And
0: one one guy told his wife said I don't understand this speaker at all. Me. Yeah. He didn't understand me. He said but I think hell's hot, we better go up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> he gave his heart to the Lord him and his wife. Yeah, I think he's right. I think there's always right. the way. So
1: um you I think you want to know that we're uh um you know, a a Hebrew-roots congregation. We're teaching the Hebrew-roots of the Christian faith, but we're first, you know, like this podcast, for example, is Christians with Torah. And the reason that we named it Christians with Torah is not because we believe that normal Christians don't have Torah, but obviously we have a bit of a different emphasis on it. But we're first and foremost Christians, right? Mm -hmm. We believe in Jesus. We believe that He's the Son of God. We believe He is God. Um, And we believe in the foundational Christian doctrines. And so that's why it's at the beginning, and it's not Torah with Christianity. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? It's Christians with Torah. And uh, keeping the main thing the main thing, so to speak. And so in that in that vein of, of Christians with Torah, uh, I think that in the Hebrew roots, people are very into knowledge nuggets, getting deep into scriptures and Old Testament things here and there. And as you mentioned, right, Billy Graham brought thousands of people to the Lord, and his message was very simple, right? It doesn't mean that the other things of the Lord don't matter. No. But— um, you know, I, I read in Acts 15 how they talk about, hey, we're going to send letters to the nations and say, hey, these are the things that you need to do. And then the verse 21 says, because Moses of old time is preached in every synagogue on every Sabbath day. Meaning, let's get you saved, let's get you in church, and then you'll get the rest of it, you know. Yeah. And so I think that uh, evangelism is something that is sorely lacking in general in the Hebrew movement, right? Lots of small congregations, lots of divisions, lots of doctrines that people have drawn lines on. That, hey, this is the hill I'm going to die on what would you suggest to our audience how how can they because I heard you talking about the other day but just bring one person to the Lord right No,
0: you, you don't have to win the whole city right and you don't <clears throat> people get shook up when I say this sometime but you don't even have to know a lot about the Bible right you know what Christ did for you I know how the Lord saved me sure and I can share that with anybody yeah I talk to people all the time I make up opportunities yeah I figure out stuff and witness to people. Everybody can be a witness and share what God did for them. Yeah. So then you think that
1: the best way for people listening to or watching is is to tell people their testimony, to tell the story. Share their faith. Of what the Lord did for them. Yeah.
0: You share it. It's no big deal. Yeah. They can do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, either he did or he didn't, right? I mean. You know, like uh, when we were here the other day um some people leaving rather than say to me i really enjoyed that ken they said something else and i loved it better than saying anything about me yeah. what i really love was says i can do that you know i can share my faith amen i, I believe i can do that yeah. i can win one person yeah yeah see i like that that's what it's about well and i'll tell you what that's
1: that's what i go away when i listen to you you've, this is i think the second time you've been here at least and uh, and that's what I go away with, you know what I mean? It's a good shot in the arm of, you know, hey, look, this guy's eighty six; he's still he's he's running circles around me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm thirty five; it's time for me to to jump up and 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 do something for the Lord in that way, you know, bringing people with me. Because if we do have the answer, why wouldn't we be telling people yeah, the answer? Right. You know, uh, whatever problem they have, whatever problem they have, I mean any problem they have we have the answer we have yes, the solution we we and do. so that's i mean if we really do believe that then why wouldn't we be motivated to tell people you know
0: that's what i mean so um one guy called me a gospel cheerleader amen i <laughs> i talked the other day about uh the lord said whatsoever things are clean and just and pure and holy and right, think on these things yeah so when you think about the good stuff yeah I can name that good stuff. That's right. We think about the good things. I think about how God saved us. Yeah, amen. Whatever.
1: And just have gratitude, you know. So I think we're out of time, but uh, would you pray for for me and for our our folks at home um, or whoever they are uh, that uh, they'd catch this fire, you know. Praise God.
0: Yeah. Father, we just thank you for this day. I thank you for this, Brother Lord. I thank you for his ministry and for what you're doing through him, with this program. I give you praise for it today. And Lord, help all of us to share our faith, to talk to others, to witness to somebody. We don't have to win the whole town. Just win one, then win another. We thank you, Lord, for it right now. Thank you. Touch every life. Whatever the needs are—spiritual, physical, emotional, financial—thank you for answered prayer. We believe miracles will happen. We give you praise. Amen. 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 I right. believe that. I right. everything I do is about soul. And we're Amen. we're on almost eight hundred radio stations now. Wow! Incredible. Our office is in the uh, country of Panama. Okay. Our radio office. My son runs the business on that. Awesome. And my daughter is our manager and she's been manager over 40 years. Wow, that's our incredible. Ministry.
1: So if somebody wants to find you and either connect with you or find your books or, or whatever, if, if they want to get resources from your ministry, where would they go? Where would you direct? them?
0: They can go to kengob.com. Ken Gobs, that's K-E-N-G-A-U-B.com. Yeah. yeah, we got uh, a website and we have, um, uh, we have a video channel Okay, on you YouTube? Got, yeah, okay. we're, we're all over, everywhere. We're, so, so basically, they could they could Google Ken Gob, yeah. and they'll be able to find. And we're on Amazon. Okay, for your and, books uh, and my stuff. new book came out on Amazon. I got another one coming. And. Awesome,
1: awesome. Well, bless you. Thank you so much for
0: being here. Uh, and bless
1: you guys. If you guys need to get a hold of me, it's ryan at 2praise.net, ryan at 2praise.net. And uh, as always, bless you guys. Have a great week. Amen.
0: Amen.